Hey, this is Corey Wong. If you are interested in guitar players, if you're interested in artists and how they think, why they create, what it is that motivates them to create, come check out my podcast, Wong Notes Podcast, where I get to interview some of my absolute heroes, people like John Mayer, Niall Rogers, Jacob Collier, Madison Cunningham, Benson, Vi, Santana, Satriani, Lukather, Matheny. Oh, the names are insane. Icons of the guitar, icons of artistry and creativity. I absolutely love sitting down with these musicians and getting to ask them about their creative process and get into the details of why they do what they do. Check it out, Wong Notes. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. everybody welcome back to another week of chasing frets i'm joined this week by my co-host andy ellis hello and as you heard on monday our guest this week is the fabulous sierra hall and she's a mandolinist guitar player and today's episode we talk about uh, a, a somewhat unusual detour uh in the life of a typical bluegrass virtuoso and that is that she went to berkeley and was one of the first students to kind of come through that american roots program it's a fascinating tale. Um, it also helps paint a picture of a, a, a child prodigy who's, who never says those words. She never utters them. But, you know, you don't get to do what she did, and she'll tell you what happened. You don't get that opportunity if you're not on fire as a musician. And thanks to some uh, pretty sage advice from Allison Krauss, Mm-hmm. Uh, she made the decision to go to Berkeley, and and so she shares her experience there and kind of what it's like to have this very rural oral art form of bluegrass and roots music kind of transferred to the classroom and, and how mm-hmm. she kind of, even though uh, she did go to Berkeley and graduated, which is also another accomplishment, it's not it wasn't quite the typical experience for a Berkeley student or, or a college student for any at any school, mm-hmm. so. Here's our uh, here's our talk with Sierra Hall. Think of when you think of a bluegrass musician, uh, a lot of them kind of follow the same story of started when they were young, family band, go play festivals, you know, prodigy goes straight to Nashville, makes a record. But you had a really kind of interesting detour in that story is that you went to Berkeley and studied mandolin at Berkeley, and that seems like a very unusual route to take. Uh, especially considering, like we heard on Monday, you grew up in such a small town. You know, going to Nashville was a was a big deal. So, what prompted you to to hike all the way over to Boston mm-hmm. and in the real big city and study mandolin at Berkeley? Yeah, well, I mean, funny enough, I all I ever wanted to do was come to Nashville and live here. You know, it's like I, it's where where my heroes all lived, and and uh, you know, we came here once I started getting a little bit more into 
playing and having some opportunities early on to get to come to the Grand Ole Opry or things like that. You know, it just always felt magical to get to come to Nashville. So I always knew I wanted to live here. Um, but I, I really hadn't thought at all about going to music school. I mean, as a, a bluegrass musician, um, which I've always had an interest in all kinds of genres, but I was really steeped in bluegrass, you know, those first 10 years of playing at least, you know, and um, which I'm grateful for. I think there's something beautiful about kind of like really diving into a particular thing in, you know, 150% and building community within a, a certain kind of circle. Um, so I just didn't really see that as being something that I would do. I, I felt like I had been waiting my whole life to just be a musician. And, and I mean, I, I made my first record for Rounder Records when I was 15 and had that come out when I was still in high school um, and wanted to make another one. And uh, after that, and was just kind of like looking forward to doing that and going on the road. And then I got an email from, um, the dean at Berkeley saying, hey, we saw this video of you, funny enough, playing guitar. They saw a video of me playing guitar and, uh, mm. and was like, you know, we um, are really starting to develop our American Roots program here and we'd love for you to come here. If you're considering going to music school, we'd love for you to consider coming to Berkeley. And I know it sounds silly because right. like today, especially, um, especially with all the social media and things like that. Like I feel like there's no way I would, wouldn't know about Berkeley if I was a musician right now, just coming along trying to decide what I was going to do. But I didn't know anything about Berkeley. I hadn't thought about music school really at all because all I wanted to do was go play. And I always, I mean, I was a honor roll student when I was, you know, in, in school and, and I cared about trying to be a good student. It's not that I, I didn't hate school. You know, some people say I hate school. couldn't wait to get out of it. I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed school fine, but I never once really thought I was going to do anything, but ultimately just go tour and make records and play music. Um, but after I got this email, I kind of thought, well, that's really, you know, that's super nice and, you know, but it still didn't feel like really a real thought because I just felt pretty determined that I was just going to, you know, come to Nashville like you're talking about people do. And uh, Alison Krauss, who truly was, I mean, if, if we really were to say who was my biggest hero growing up, it was without a doubt Alison. Like I mm -hmm. discovered her music when I was nine years old and it just like floored me and I kind of became obsessed <laughs> and I was lucky enough to meet her early on and got to play the, the Grand Ole Opry with her when I was 11, which was just like mind blowing to me because I just, you know, that was really my dream was to play with her. And I have, I have pictures of myself that I drew when I was nine years old of me playing on the Grand Ole Opry with her. So just to like get to have this happen and, and kind of get to know her a little bit. Um, it, it was, really crucial to me, I feel like early on to have a hero like that, that I could, you know, talk to or get encouragement from. And I remember we were talking about like, you know, what I was going to do when I got out of school. And I think I was maybe a junior in high school at that point, maybe even a senior. And, and I said, yeah, I'm trying to figure all that out. I was like, I did get this email from this school, Berkeley. And, um, you know, I don't know, like, I, I sort of like casually said it, like, cause I didn't think that was probably some big deal or whatever. She was like, Oh, she was like Berkeley. She said, now that's great. That's a really great school. And she had probably like done some clinics there or whatever at some point or talked to some of the students. And, mm -hmm. and she was like, 
she said, you should probably like check that out. She said, you should at least go check it out. She's like, I'd even go with you if you want. You know, it was just like this kind of real encouragement. I was like, well, wow. hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe I should, maybe I really should, should check it out. So I went up there and I. Please tell me, hold on, not to interrupt. Please tell me Allison Krauss gave you a campus tour or something. No, she didn't. She didn't end up getting to go with me. I went my manager at the time and I went up there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I think Allison only knew, you know, she, she knew very little about it in terms of just like the overall thing, but I think she knew there were some amazing teachers and people that, you know, had tons of experience. And um, so I, I went and checked it out and I remember like thinking, wow, like, and I had traveled a good bit at that point. I mean, I, I had started touring a good bit early on in my teens anyway, but it's much different when you think about moving from your parents' house in our tiny little town to like, you know, thousands of miles away <laughs> to, to Boston, to Boston. And it's Boston. big and it's Boston's cold. Big. And then, you yeah. know, it's like all those things where I was like, gosh, I just like, I felt like I really needed to like, know it's what I wanted before I, I did it. But anyway, I remember getting a tour and talking to some of the people and they had, they told me that I would get full tuition, which was amazing, an amazing offer in and of itself. They're like, you know, we'll guarantee that you get that. But, um, but they said there, there is this thing called the presidential award and we give it uh, away every year to like, I don't know, it was like two or three people. And, uh, and they're like, so, you know, you'll also be considered for that. And if you were to get that, it would be like all your expenses would be paid. So, so not just tuition, but, you know, I could live on campus for free. All of my meals would be provided. Like it would be completely this like, you know, free experience essentially to go to school for four years if I wanted. But I remember thinking, there is no way I'm going to get that. Like, I'm not even going to think about that. Like, you know, so I was more thinking, okay, I'd have to find somewhere to live. And this would be like me moving away for the first time. Like, okay, where would I live? What would this be like? You know, I'd have to delay any kind of real touring that I had been so excited about for a long time. And actually, I had... Um, before this opportunity came up, which I guess this, this helps the timeline, then I must have been a senior because I remember we had a six-week tour, which was going to be like the longest tour I had ever done. Um, it was me and this band called Uncle Earl and another band called the Dixie Beeliners. It was like a package tour um, that we were, we were all doing together. And I was excited to get to go out on the road like that for the first time, you know, with my own band. Um, but it was in November which would have been right as school started. And I remember thinking like, what happens here? Like, even if I did say yes to this, like I'd have to either cancel this tour or I'd have to miss a bunch of school. And how is that going to work? And I just remember thinking, okay, I grew up in this small town where since I was in the third grade, my teachers all, everybody knows everybody. My teachers have always known I play music. You know, it's this kind of you have a, a, a closer relationship in some ways with your teachers and classmates and stuff, because it's just such a small community. And so, I mean, it was amazing when I was making my first album. Um, I remember my algebra teacher, like mailing notes to Nashville, you know, cause I missed like a week of school and she would mail me notes so that I could have what I needed to, you know, be ready to take my tests and stuff when I got back. It was just this amazing um, 
support that I always had from teachers and stuff like that if I needed to miss school for something. And I thought there's no way if I go to a, a school like Berkeley and, you know, that's like there, I'm just going to be a number. There's no way that this is going to be like, I'll pretty much have to really put stuff on the back burner. And that just didn't seem exciting to me as much as I wanted to go to school. It didn't seem exciting to me. So I, I basically decided, okay, like, there's no way I'm going to get this presidential award, but if for some reason I did get it, I'd probably just have to do it because it'd be silly not to, but that's probably not going to happen. And so then they told me, Oh yeah, okay. You definitely get full tuition. So I had decided I was going to defer for a year. So with the full tuition, I could wait a year and then I could come the following fall and start and still have full tuition. So I was like, that's probably a better idea. Just take a year and not dive straight into that. Just take a year to tour and get a little bit of that out of system, do this tour we have booked, and then come back to it and see how I feel about it then. And I kid you not, the day I was going to call back the school and tell them that I had decided to defer, my mom, I was sitting in the parking lot at school about to drive home, and my mom sends me a text while I, like, I had missed a call from somebody at Berkeley, and I called them back. Um, and then I get a text from my mom saying, if you get a call, don't call them back yet. And I'm like, Oh, too late for that. Like I'm already on the phone. Cause she knew she knew. And she was going to like, try to like talk to me about it. And they were like, well, we just want to let you know that, you know, we've decided to give you the presidential award. And I was just like, Oh, I mean, I was like very honored and excited, but also like, Oh no, I had made up my mind. And now that I have to like start over and trying to think this through because the presidential award, you can't defer that. You have to take it when it's given to you. And so I could have said, okay, I pass. I'm going to wait a year. But that, that could mean that I wouldn't be offered it the next year. You know, there was no promise of it still being there. Right. So I kind of went. And they're like, you'd be the first bluegrass musician to ever get this. And I was just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, you know, so in some ways, I almost felt like this responsibility, too, for like coming from the, yeah. kind of a, li a little bit like Your this community. responsibility to go, yeah. wow, yeah. I'm really being handed this kind of once in a lifetime opportunity. And so I remember Allison who, you know, I remember going back and like telling her like, this has all happened. <laughs> and like, I've like went and checked it out and this is where I'm at and I just don't know what to do. And I remember her saying, you know, Sierra, your career isn't going anywhere. It's still going to be here. And she goes, I think you should just go and give it a try. And she said, give it a year. A year will pass by quickly. And she said, give it a year. If it sucks, you can come home. If you don't like it, there's nothing saying you have to go for four years. Like, just go, you know, go try it. You know, that was her advice to me. And, and so I was like, gosh, okay, yeah, that's probably good advice. And so the school like promised me they would work with me around this tour I had booked. They were completely like, come, we'll make it work. We'll support you. That's the goal. We want you to, we want you to, to have the opportunities and, and not lose opportunities through coming to school here because the goal is to be a musician. You know, that's what we're trying to. So I feel like at that point, especially Berkeley was really, through the process of the American Roots program, which I was there the year it started. And I mean, there was an amazing scene of young bluegrass musicians like Mike Barnett and Dominic Leslie. Um, um, gosh, the list kind of just goes on and on. You know, Sarah Jarose had just moved to Boston as well, but going to the NEC, like there was a whole community of people up there 
um, Courtney Hartman, who you guys probably know, great guitar player. And um, just, you know, it was a great time to be there too. So um, between the school being mm. just completely, you know, accommodating, it just blew my mind at how much they supported me as just a musician, not just as a student. And, mm. and so that's always meant, meant a lot to me. Um, sorry. I know this is a long answer. It's like the oh, only question I'm going to answer, but, um, but I ended up doing so, so just quickly, I, I went and I did my first semester there but I obviously missed a lot of school because I had this tour. So I missed six weeks, which was kind of nuts. Um, so I wasn't there very much. It was kind of a crazy thing to dive into moving, kind of being there, like flying in and out and just being there. Some, and, uh, and I remember uh, Matt Glaser, one of the main guys there at Berkeley, um, he, he like couldn't believe that I wanted to come back a second semester because the first semester was so crazy. I think he figured I would quit, you know, and I was like, quit. I was like, I can't quit. I didn't even get to know what it's like really yet. So I, I have to, I was like, of course I'm coming back for the second semester. <laughs> so they were like, okay, well, Hey, if you wanted to do the second semester, they're like, let us propose something to you. We've had this idea for a long time to do something called the um, artist diploma which would essentially be a two-year program instead of a four-year program. And it would be designed for people who are already kind of in the early part of their career and have opportunities that unfortunately mean you have to kind of be in and out of school a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But it was a way to go, what do you want to pack into two years of being at Berkeley instead of saying, okay, I have to go in and do this mm -hmm. kind of set track and, and I have to say mandolin is my primary instrument or voice is my primary instrument. It's like, I could sort of do a little bit of both. I was able to do a little bit of recording. I was able to take a business class. I was able to, to kind of say, these are things that I'd like to, I'd like to do a little of a lot of things rather than feeling like I have to choose one particular track. And so I loved that because it, it, it meant that my Berkeley experience ended up being pretty like unconventional. It was very different than I guess your average student, but it really like, from a personal standpoint, mm -hmm. was an unbelievable, unbelievable opportunity to have that. So, you know, when I graduated from um, Berkeley with the artist diploma, I was like the only one that did that particular program that year. But there have been more people since then that have also done that and graduated. So it's not necessarily something you can sign up for, but it's something that is a possibility through the school that I think they can propose to you. Hey, I think this is what we'd like you to do. So, um, it was unbelievable. I remember Julian Lodge telling me, I think he did the same thing. So Julian actually was the original, even, even before me, Julian, um, was the student that I think made them think we oh. should try to have something like this. So, but what happened yeah. with Julian is at the time he didn't actually finish it. So he did a little bit of it. And the idea was still kind of, an idea that hadn't really been completed yet. And they mm -hmm. had always wanted to bring that idea fully to completion and kind of figure out what it looked like. And so basically when they brought this idea to me, they said, this is this thing that we started to do with Julian. And then I think maybe later Julian might've actually finished and went back and, and I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think he might've actually fulfilled his credits and got the diploma and stuff. But, but yeah, so it, it was a uh, kind of dreamed up by, you know, Julian's experience there. And then I think, you know, I kind of became the guinea pig for actually making it, uh, making it a, a real <laughs> piece of paper. <laughs> 
And in these pandemic times, it's a good thing you took those recording classes. That way you can... I know. You know, everybody's at home doing their own recording. I know. Well, what's own... funny is I said I wanted to take a recording class, and I actually ended up being more of the performer than the recorder in that particular semester, which was fun. I got to be in the studio and actually play. Um, but but yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, it was it was fun to just get to be a part of that every week. And, um, yeah, I've learned a lot in the past few months as far as recording goes from home. So... <laughs> When it comes to mandolin at Berkeley, who are you studying with? I got to study with John McGann, who has since passed away, but he was a, an amazing player. And I remember thinking, you know, because I didn't grow up thinking about theory or reading music or, you know, even approaching music in that kind of more classroom format. I mean, it just was not my world at all. Um, I remember feeling extremely intimidated about the idea of going to music school. Like it felt like I don't really belong there. Like I need to like go back to kindergarten and get ready for even, you know, setting foot in a class there. Um, but John, like, and I, and I remember kind of thinking, okay, like I'm, I know there's plenty of people who, you know, grew up wherever and have experiences similar in terms of like, sitting in a circle and jamming and all that and coming, coming to music that way. But I remember kind of wondering if, if the teachers and people there would really understand the world I came from, you know, I remember thinking, I don't know if they're going to really completely understand me as a musician. Like I remember feeling like, man, they're being so nice to me. They're giving me this like unbelievable scholarship and being flexible and like all these things, which I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like, they think I'm more than I am. Like I, you know, like, like all of a sudden I'm going to, the veil is going to come off and they're going to see that I, I don't really belong here. <laughs> and they made a mistake. <laughs> I remember kind of, I mean, I remember very much feeling like, yeah. I mean, I appreciate this, but like, I think they just have the wrong idea of like what I got going on over here. Um, but then I quickly realized, no, I mean, like somebody like John was such an amazing example of a musician who, knew as much and was as passionate about bluegrass music as I was. I mean, you could ask him anything about the history of bluegrass and he knew it and he Mm. loved it, but he also loved, Mm. you know, the Beatles and loved Django Reinhardt and was into playing some classical pieces and, and Irish music. He was such a well-rounded musician and his understanding of, of music, you know, and in the more theoretical sense was just, like kind of amazing to me that he could have all that and still be um, still relate to me and understand a musician like myself the way he did. And so I I felt really lucky to get to study with him. And then did you develop some musical connections in college that you still uh, keep up with? Oh yeah. Or as people you play with? Yeah. I mean, uh, Jake Jolliff, another great mandolin player was there. I mentioned Dominic and uh, Mike Barnett. Um, You met Molly Tuttle there, didn't you? Now, I already knew Molly. Molly and okay. I kind of go way back to IBMA. We would play um, the Kids on Bluegrass thing together mm. when we were, you know, 11, 12 years old. So um, she and I go back to there. But but yeah, she also went to Berkeley. Mm. Um, but we kind of overlapped. So because I was, uh, so I graduated when I was 17. So a little younger than, than some and went straight to um went straight to Berkeley. And I think I'm, I'm about a year older than Molly. 
And so because I did the two-year program, she was just starting right at the time. Right. That I, so we kind of missed each other in Boston, but um, of course we're close friends now and we both yeah. live here in Nashville, but, but yeah, we go way back, but there's, there's a lot of, I mean, the music scene there was, was so cool and, and vast at the time. Yeah. There's definitely like loads of people that I, you know, still connect with and um, went to school with. It's amazing to see kind of this relatively, at least in academic circles, it's a relatively new art form introduced into the mm-hmm. curriculum. Yeah that it's it's going to be super interesting how in like 30 or 40 years how how codified the the the, the systems and the methods become like jazz did you know jazz has been in the school for 50 yeah. 60 years now you know and it's it's always interesting to see how the methods and and the players that these schools Yeah turn definitely out. yeah and i mean i feel like it's funny um as i i'd say it's somewhat natural but because i I was still traveling a good bit when I was there. So plus it was kind of a bit of an overwhelming experience just stepping into a scene like that, you know, with the background that I had before. And so a lot of my time spent there was really with my head down, just trying to like stay above water, both in terms of keeping up because I was traveling a lot. And then also just because the experience was very new um, in that regard. So I was gone a lot of weekends and so therefore I didn't always get to like be part of the weekend hangs and jams and the kind of social stuff. And so there certainly were like connections I made and friends that I had, but I feel like in some ways I'm that part of the experience I missed out on a little bit. Um, And it's been fun to see so many of those musicians wind up here in Nashville and cross paths even after like later where it's like, of course we met there, but we really didn't become close friends until Mm -hmm later you know so so there's a lot of people that yes i met there but i would say more just in recent years we've become tight well thank you so much for sharing your 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 college experience with us there sierra yeah (laughs) thanks for asking all right we'll see everybody back here on friday 